Saka please. Hello and welcome to Busy Nation Dhando Tako Rokro. This is Ritika with my friend Abhishek. Hello everyone. It's 1:30 here in Mumbai and it's so hot that we are all baking and it is the chilliest day today in Australia yet ah. in this season and it's obviously going to get chillier because it's just start of the winter. Yes and uh, in spite of all of that a recent survey oecd survey ranked australia as one of the or the happiest industrialized nation in the world you are living in a country which is considered to be happy yes but you know you are also living in a country which is considered to be happy because in in a readers digest survey i think it was a year back or something indians were rated as the most happiest one do you remember that survey i remember sorry i'm also eating while we talk so bear with me <laughs> as usual uh, it's lunch time uh, after all uh, but i remember that survey where readers digest rated mumbai as the rudest city in the world i remember that survey i don't know about what you're talking about oh, okay so, so really these surveys don't have any say or a logical reasoning then complete yes well coming back to the happiness index it was i think a survey done for the 34 countries and Australia was rated the happiest and the various parameters they used were like the long term unemployment rate or the life satisfaction and the uh, one of the interesting ones was housing rooms per person scale is from 1 to 10 where 10 is the best and 0 is the lowest so you know what was the housing room per person for australia it was 9.44 you're talking about that it has the fourth most urban population 89.1% because rest of it is all desert and you had posted a, a link to an article from the economist on australia and there it said that uh, australians are passionate punters so in other words every person loses 1281 dollars per year on gambling which goes to show that enjoy mm. i think it's tell, tell us more you are right there <laughs> Yes in fact uh, one of the biggest casinos in Australia is a Crown Casino mm. I live just in that area it's just a, I can see the Crown Casino from my window and it's uh, and yeah I go there sometimes and most of the people that you find in casinos are all old people and they're mostly sitting on those coin machines right. and it's full of them it's like plus 60s and they are playing on their coin machines and sometimes they just sit the entire night and just play on them a lot of ads are seen here for helping people who have the gambling habit and ah because people become addicts yeah yeah there are many people with wow. gambling addiction how much have you lost um i i never go beyond 20 dollars <laughs> indian is <was> laughing <laughs> 120 but yeah that that's the maximum on a good day on a, on a day with with your very moods are in high spirits point yeah, i have never i have never ever won any thing while gambling in a casino i have never won that explains the 1200 dollar loss per person in australia but in more business related news it said that australians work up to 1690 hours per year compared with mm. an oecd average of 1739 hours and it said people are generally laid back and uh, let me ask you an interesting trivia do you mm-hmm. know who howard howard holt or holt is have you heard of this name called howard holt no Well, don't worry. The average Australian also doesn't know him because he is the 17th Prime Minister of Australia. And uh, according to Bill Bryson, who has written a book called Down Under, he he is a hilarious writer. 
writing about his travel exploits he says that nobody nobody reported the loss of the 17th prime minister of australia when he was lost at sea what happened was he went there with his friends on a regular swimming trip mm-hmm. and he went in the in the sea and the next thing you know he had disappeared but the bigger news was nobody knew about it because they didn't feel that it was an important enough news to be put in the paper there was lot there was lot more happy news happening <laughs> that day so most of new york or beijing and all these countries really didn't places didn't really know about this so it's a chilled out place australia right yeah and and if you see really you know the recent issue of economist that compares australia with california so it it mm. compares the australian gdp and the australian economy with california so that that's a state of us and this is an entire right. country so you can imagine <laughs> how big the economy of the country is so it's been doing rather well these days and that's mainly because of the growing demand of raw materials from china and mm. the nearby southeast asian economies so that's one of the reasons why it's now greater than the us dollar two years back when i came to australia the rate was around 35 to 36 rupees per aussie dollar and today it's 46 47 rupees per aussie dollar yeah. so that's a huge jump but you know in in that article the link that you sent me about this happiness index uh, there was a sentence that because of the aussie dollar the australians can now buy more iphones and italian handbags on shopping trips abroad <laughs> let me tell you that right. iphone in australia is at least 100 or 200 bucks costlier than what you would get in us and still you are happy Yeah, still, still and people still. are happy. <laughs> and and there are eighty three percent of Australians who feel that things will get even better in five years from now. Mm. So yeah, happiness index, yes. better life index. I like the way they plugged it. Yes. Let's come to India news. We've given enough glamour to you because you're just in because you're in Australia. Let's talk about something that <laughs> Indians would care about. Because be, before <laughs> before we move on, I just wanted to uh, you know make the small note. There is you know Bhutan. it's um yes. it's uh, it's one of our neighbors everybody knows bhutan go ahead yeah. yes <laughs> it calculates its own gross national happiness index they rather have the country's prosperity being measured in that gross national happiness index rather than the gdp wow that's very interesting because imagine a country like china doing that a monarchy a country like them you are happy and that is what <laughs> it will be and this is our happiness index yes <laughs> Let's move on. It's true. Yes, so let's move on to yeah. India then. I know some days back you and Aki I think in in a recent podcast you discussed about the petrol yeah. hike and now a few days back there was news in the Indian newspapers that the diesel, kerosene and LPG may also increase. Right. Petrol would have affected the middle class and the lower middle class, but an LPG hike would mean everybody who queue up early mornings out there who don't have enough to eat twice a day outside to get that lpg cylinder even they will have to sell out more as what the news said there has been an update though because of all the protests all around uh, today the business standard reports that there is something called an empowered group of ministers egom which is headed by finance mm-hmm. minister pranab mukherjee they are meeting on june 9 and they will take a decision on whether or not to increase diesel kerosene and uh, the lpg prices because uh, high crude oil it's putting a lot of pressure on these oil marketing companies and now we don't want yes. to get to have a contagious effect on these three commodities also yes the companies are losing almost uh, rupees 500 crores per day mm. 
on these three items and of course the government is losing a lot of money it's really a tight rope for the government because if if you increase then you're damned and if you don't increase then you're damned you're talking about how much damned will the will will indian middle class be statistically diesel kerosene lpg they the combined weight of that in the wholesale price index where you have mm-hmm. x many commodities where you measure their prices it's 6.32% yes it would be but you know if you see that the last time when the rates of these three commodities were increased it was in june 2010 and that right. time the crude oil was at dollar 72 per barrel and today mm-hmm. it is around 110 per barrel and even like say in australia today the petrol prices have increased a lot since past one year so mm-hmm. the, the effect is throughout the globe and it's mainly because of the high crude prices on which india does not really have any hold yeah and that's one reason why you know india i read an article very interesting and a long article in wall street journal there it is said that many countries including india they are beginning to invest in countries like nigeria and kenya and yes. china has pumped in billions of dollars in sudan to you know get those get that mineral rich oil from sudan zimbabwe and zambia and all these countries and then yes. the article went on to say that there are two kinds of oil easy oil and heavy oil now mm. heavy oil is something that is buried deep into the desert and it is as thick as molasses and it is very hard to extract now mm. there are countries like saudi arabia and kuwait they are going one step over your regular crude oil and they are investing billions of dollars in extracting that oil but since they can't do it alone a chevron comes in and says hey we will invest billions of dollars we can't always mm. go to war with you to get to get uh, the oil so let me help you out by putting in the capital expenditure and one way through which again a developed country is upping all other developing countries in terms mm. of technology and investments although this might take lots of decades to get this materialized but there is about 3 trillion barrels of heavy oil in the world and mm. a, a good percentage of that lies in saudi arabia and uh, these countries if the technology holds up we might just not have any oil crisis in the coming years if americans and the saudi arabians can crack that code of extracting that oil hopefully and then we always talk about alternate energy sources and one of the most prominent ones was nuclear energy and now with this whole japan fiasco oh. and now that germany is also saying that they would be closing down all their nuclear power plants that option has also become slightly difficult especially when india wants to now uh, you know open nuclear energy plants yeah and talking about that angela merkel if i'm pronouncing her name yes. correctly she is out here in india the german chancellor and one of the topics to be discussed is the nuclear energy and the electricity that can be generated as alternative means that's that's quite fascinating you know because they have actually closed all their plants so this, but this episode ladies and gentlemen interesting will be replaced by fascinating has been replaced by fascinating <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so for the ones who are listening this this for the first time go log on to the previous episode and see the number of times that we use the word interesting then you'll know then you'll get the joke yes. but sorry go ahead what did you find as fascinating abhishek is the english teacher i am not so probably <laughs> should you know tell me how to expand my vocabulary but That's yes coming back <laughs> okay coming so, back to angela yeah so germany has actually decided to close their nuclear plants but she fully supports indian nuclear plants i don't know why because if you think that it's harmful for your country and you're planning to close it down why do you support some other country who's doing the same thing because you are supplying some technology to them bilateral trade 
That's what uh, yeah. come here for. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> We will make uh, an exception. Yeah. Just let's pump in more FDI in each other's countries. The current trade volume it stands at uh, well as as of 2006, the trade volume between India and Germany was at uh, 10.5 billion dollars, and they want to increase it by 30 billion in in a few months' time. See, India is a developing economy. Whatever you say, at whatever pace that yes. India grows, and Germany is. the largest economy of uh, the european U- union fourth largest in the world striking difference here is germany is the seventh in military expenditure so it you know in among all the countries that spend on military and defense it's the seventh and india is third in the world so which is not good for the common man because whatever is spent out of the kitty is spent on defense most part of it and less uh, towards bread and more towards towards bullets Yes, and in a recent decision, India has shortlisted the Eurofighter company Typhoon mm-hmm. to buy 126 combat aircraft, and it's a huge, huge deal. The Typhoon is manufactured by Germany, Spain, Italy, and Britain. So, mm-hmm. if that deal goes through, it would have very good impact on the company and obviously Germany's economy. So, yep. So moving on to our next topic it's about LinkedIn a few episodes back we did speak about LinkedIn uh, who was planning to go public at that time and now it has uh, so it's the first US social networking company to go public and after its debut in the stock market it has risen almost 90% on the day that it made its debut which is a very good news for all these uh, social networking tech based companies yes. like facebook twitter groupon etc they had set a price of $45 it opened at $83 went to 120 and closed at 94 and market cap of 8.9 billion dollars so 580 times its net earnings in 2010 which people might say it's a phenomenal thing on the stock market but new york times it carried an article saying that how the investment banks have conned linkedin into into all of this saying that you know an investment mm-hmm. bank basically it says all right we take responsibility of introducing you to the stock market you in the case is linkedin so morgan stanley mm-hmm. and merrill lynch they said they were the investment banks here and their job is to gauge market demand and they are paid for doing mm-hmm. that So in other words, if the price shares at forty-five, and if it doubles at the end of the day, that means they've got that wrong. They've got their pricing wrong. And the reason is this is done mainly to favor friends and families of the investment banks because those people who buy those shares will short sell them or will sell them on the same day, which is a brilliant deal for them. So hundreds of millions of dollars, which should have gone to LinkedIn, will now go to the pockets of the investment bankers themselves. So in other words. Uh, For instance, if I sell a one BHK flat in Thane for fifty-eight lakhs mm-hmm. through a broker to somebody else, and if that man resells it to someone else through the same broker, and if he gets almost twice as much, how will you feel? Although you've made a profit, the mm-hmm. reselling is 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 almost double that what you should have got in the first place. So that is what has had, that is what has happened with LinkedIn. Yes, but that's the broker's advantage, and that's the benefit of knowledge he has. which i don't have so in an ideal world i should have sold it directly to whoever is the buyer right. but because i don't have that knowledge i have to sell it to this broker and broker because he has that knowledge he earns money for his knowledge absolutely so that is exactly the reason why linkedin would have gone to morgan stanley and said bhai please help me to value these shares correctly and correctly would mean yes. when it is listed let the market cap not drop plummet or rise at a level where you know 
where you guys get all the profit we all know you know how how in good and intelligent the investment bankers are in gauging yeah. such prices i mean we have seen the credit rating companies and how good the investment banks did yeah. so this is two years back bad so <laughs> yeah yes anyways uh sorry somebody corrected me a few minutes ago that anyways is not the right word any way is the right word so i'll correct myself i got done pulling my leg we can go ahead anyway moving on to the next uh, ipo news samsonite which is a, again a us based luggage maker and i guess we all are familiar with the name of samsonite mm-hmm. it is also readying itself for a ipo for almost dollar 1.5 billion in hong kong it's a company which went through bankruptcy i think in 2009 or in 2010 and then had its debt restructured and is now launching an ipo and it considers the developing economies as its big market so china india and other southeast asian countries and if you see the number of samsonite stores that have come up in india especially in malls mm-hmm. i think it's placing the right bet because uh, i see a lot of samsonite stores nowadays in malls which were not there before and the bags are really expensive so they are more expensive than vip i think samsonite has a cheaper brand called american Tourista which is slightly cheaper than the Samsonite ones but the Samsonite ones are really expensive yeah when we had gone to ladakh one and a half years ago that time we we had to get these huge backpacks the lowest cost from samsonite was of 5500 rupees in the end we went to a person who stitched those bags for us customized for <laughs> 1200 bucks so yeah it's although it's found in 100 countries 37000 outlets in the world it's still not so much for an average indian and do you know an interesting trivia and this is really interesting mm-hmm. so <laughs> about samsonite 40% of its hard luggage bags are manufactured at its plant in nasik aha the city famous for its vineyards and sula wines also manufactures yes luggage. and it's and it's millionaires and billionaires oh yeah and another interesting point now since you're talking about statistics 94% of its manufacturing is done by third parties from china and asia how about how about australia samsonite a big brand there i i can't afford even a normal bag in australia you know they are really expensive so forget about samsonite and samsonite is stepping up its advertising for people like you in australia and me in india to buy and they've spent a 102 million dollars all across the world in 2010 and incidentally one of their ads which was run which ran in 1970s it's considered to be one of the top 100 advertising campaigns of all time they had a in a cage there is a gorilla which is thumping and banging a, a bag from samsonite mm. and uh, tagline in the end reads that dear clumsy bell boys brutal cab drivers careless doormen ruthless porters savage baggage masters and all butterfingered luggage handlers have we got a suitcase for you that was their tagline which tagline as in whatever the copy which went well with the audience yes one of its main selling points is what they called as hard luggage so it's supposed to be tough rough and tough works well in india yes so that's about it from this episode of businessandthunder.co go log on to theindicast.com and please leave your comments there you can also follow us on twitter at indicast that's twitter.com/indicast as well as indicast podcast network on facebook just like us there and help us with whatever news that you think is important from your country that you're listening to us from that's about it bye 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 bye